Hey everybody, welcome to another great episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm joined today with another great panel. I've got John. Hey John. What's up? I got Todd back with us. Hey Todd. Hello again. And we have Kubo coming back. So, hey. So good to see you again, Kuba. Back good by popular too. demand. People loved him. They were like, we need more Kuba. I got at least seven emails that said that, so welcome back, Kuba. Thanks, Not guys. to mention the Instagram messages. I mean, I, I appreciated the messages. The pictures I didn't need as much. Yeah, so thank you. Um, Kuba doesn't actually read our Instagram the DMs you send me, so while I appreciate the enthusiasm, um, ladies and mostly gentlemen, uh, <laughs> let's delve back in the future. Thank you very much. Um, today we're talking about Four Roses again, but a real specific Four Roses. But I did want to talk a little bit about um, what we've been doing lately. So we did. A, we, you guys have listened to our great Intro to Four Roses episode where we really touched on all of the basic expressions and some not basic expressions and talked about a lot the uh, the recipes that make up Four Roses and how they, how they make their wonderful products. Uh, also had a great trip recently to uh, Milwaukee where I visited... Great Lakes Distilling, which we're going to do an episode on them in the near future. Very exciting. But uh, They use the actual lake water? You know what? That's a great question. I should have asked while I was there, and I didn't. We'll figure it out probably. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do today, so as a lot of people know, we Four Roses makes a variety of uh, single barrel, barrel-proof bottles. They have 10 recipes. They make single barrels with each of those recipes. We have five of them today. We are going to... Explore the mash bill B, uh, which is the 60% corn, 35% rye, 5% malted barley. So this is the high rye mash bill, right? Correct. Yeah, the higher rye of the two mash bills. And we're going to try each single barrel that has all five of the yeast strains. So we'll be able to compare and contrast those five yeast strains. And re I'm really interested to see how they, side by side, how they differentiate. Some people try to do all 10 at once, but this is a professional endeavor. We don't want to, you know... We're a classy group. Yeah, we would never. Now, Kuba, being our resident Four Roses expert. And generous benefactor of, right? Uh, well, there's a combination of Kuba and Todd, so thank okay, you guys. Thank you guys. Joint thank effort. Yeah. But uh, what can you tell us about these Mashville B Express, just like in general terms? Uh, so Mashville B, as you said, higher rye. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely on, on the spicier end, uh, these tend to be a little bit more robust um, just in terms of, of the flavor they offer and the, the spice that comes with it. Um, I tend to find that these are aged in the middle or higher end of the rickhouses, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But that means that they usually come at a higher proof. So that robustness is just dialed up to, to 11 when it comes to these guys. Very cool. Yeah, just looking at the, uh, the notes here, I feel like almost everything here is at a higher proof than we tried in our last Four Roses episode. Yep. So that's exciting. Get really get into for your bourbon drinkers, bourbon drinker, really get into that higher stuff that a lot of people like. So that's pretty cool. And I'm just really excited to get into the different yeast strains. Um, John, go, before we start, do you have a favorite yeast strain? I've never met a yeast strain I didn't like, so that's it's hard to choose. Weird thing to say to, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Todd? You have a I, after John's answer, I don't know how to provide <laughs> a real answer. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I actually have a question for Kuba before we get started. Sure, please, please. Between so we're we're talking about the two mash bills, the high rye and the low rye, versus the different yeast, the five different yeast. Which one do you think contributes more to the flavor profile? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, for a, do you mean 
Does the yeast strain or the mash bill contribute more to the flavor profile? Yeah. That's tough. There's, I'd say probably yeast strain. I think tasting through these, we'll, we'll kind of see that displayed through, but that's one of so many different, different variables that it's hard to nail it down to that specifically. So I would agree with that. Like that from my experience tasting these in the past, it seems like, wow, why do so many distilleries focus on the mash bill when that yeast seems to be so important? So, hey, producer Jenny here. Um, I just want to, I know we talked about it on the last Four Roses episode, but when you look at Four Roses bottles, especially these, you get the the four letter acronyms. And I just want to go back through for those of those who maybe are not familiar with this. Um, so they, all of these different bottles say like OBSV, OBSK, OBSO. And it's like, if you're unfamiliar with Four Roses or this particular um a line of bourbon, I feel like that might be a little bit confusing for people. So can we go back through that, Kuba, maybe, and just explain what the meaning of those uh, acronyms are? Sure. So all um, of the 10 Four Roses recipe follow this four-letter naming convention. The first and third letters are always going to be consistent. The O stands for uh, it was made at um, Four Roses. Uh, back in the day, that O used to stand for Old Prentice Distillery, which was one of the distilleries that Seagram, which used to own Four Roses, had bought. Um, so O always just means made of Four Roses. The S always stands for straight bourbon whiskey. The second and fourth letters are the variables that change depending on recipe. So the second letter is always either going to be E or B, E being the lower rye recipe, and B being the higher rye recipe, which is the one that we're focusing on today. The last letter, either V, K, O, Q, or F, is uh, indicative of the yeast strain that they use. Each of those has a particular property. V being delicate fruit. We're, gonna K, get, we're actually going to get into that when we do each one. Oh yeah, Then we'll get, get into it when we go to each one. Yeah, because you know we got to see if we yeah. can blind this. I appreciate that. It's like, it's like once you get him started, he's like, he can't stop. Like I yeah, just saw his so eyes. much of this, and nobody will listen to me talk to it. So his eyes rolled back into his head like a great white right. shark, and he just kept going. It's a serious it's question: so How many bottles of Four Roses do you own? You don't have to answer that. From advice of counsel, he yes. <laughs> I think I think <clears throat> by last count, it's probably somewhere fifty uh, of single barrel barrel strengths. Yeah, that is a good number. Very good number. How about yeah, you, John? How many you got? Oh, God, I probably have two single barrel barrel strength. Get on Cuba's level. I used to John. have one, and I uh, it was about a year and a half ago. brought it to, like, New Year's, and it fell off the counter and broke an entire full bottle of it. Those are $85 each. You know, it's funny because I've also seen you break a bottle of uh, uh, Remus Repeal Reserve that's about 80 bucks as well. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I'm getting better because this past weekend I broke a bottle of Kahlua, and it was only 30 So or not even, so... You so know. you're getting better. Yeah. Net gain, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. And this, these are all sober, too. All sober per- breaks. It's just... <laughs> I don't know that that makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> Does well, that make it worse? Maybe? I'm I don't just know. very clumsy. <laughs> all right. So the first expression we've got in front of us is the OBSK. And we're going to try that in just a moment. But first, just a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. we got the OBSK from Four Roses in front of us. Now, this is the... Uh, K yeast strain, which is the slight spice. Um, I don't know, Koo, if you have any like real deep insight into the K yeast strain, but uh, that that spice tends to be consistent. 
Um, I find that that attributes kind of a baking spice characteristic through it, which is nuanced um, from the high rye kind of spice that comes through with a lot of Four Roses. So it tends to be a really interesting but spicy whiskey, which is which is not for everybody, but for those who like that spice, it's a it's a great recipe. Very cool. And this, this is a single barrel, so this particular one is aged eleven years, four months. This was a, a Binnie's Beverage Depot pick. Thank you for our, using the full name from our local uh, Chicago retailer. There's a few few of the stores around here. Yeah, comes in at 108 proof. I like all of that. That sounds really exciting. Todd, what are you getting on the uh, the nose slash palate there? As you so you dive, dive right in. I agree with the baking spice. On the, on the nose? On the nose. Anybody getting, I'm getting like almost like strawberry or cherry, like kind of like jammy. It's really, yeah. Maybe like a raspberry, blueberry kind of thing is what I'm getting. Yeah. Less, less cherry though. I'm looking at maybe, cherry. yeah, it's not cherry, but I'm just like, I would go with maybe raspberry then. I don't know. Definitely get that spice. I'm not getting a whole lot else though i'm getting oak it's kind of sharp oak a little bit where, yeah. are, you, where are you getting it though on the palate on the finish the palate was um kind of um yeah it's spicy like earthy area this one seems to have the the panel stymied that's how i would describe it it's a little one-dimensional but that doesn't mean that it's bad it's just you know sometimes single barrels are like that you know, sometimes with the art of blending is when you get some true complexities in what you're drinking. You know, this is just one barrel that they thought was really good for some reason. And it, it was bottled and, you know, maybe it's intended to be, hey, it's a really good represent, representation of spice. And that's primarily what you're going to get. I mean, to be clear, I, I really enjoy it. But it is, um, yeah, I'm getting like, it's definitely the, um, it's... Maybe it's spice, but I'm, I guess I'm getting more of like that wood and grain part. Not much, not like young grain, but like maybe cocoa. So what I, I like, what I like about this one, and and I think Todd Todd put it really well, is that it is one note, and I think the note kind of represents at least what I think of the OBSK recipe. Um, this is probably a little bit atypical as to what you might find from an OBSK these days. This is a little bit of an older pick. Um, this is from 2019, so looking at almost three years ago now. Um, so it's it's age older than a lot of Four Roses picks uh, are nowadays, 11 years, four months. And I think that, that oak comes through really nicely. Um, and it's balanced with that spice to different degrees on the nose, on the palate, in the finish. It's not super sharp. It's not very astringent. It just kind of comes through in, in a really subtle way, um, which I think is a nice representation of what the K yeast strain can be. Because I think when people read slight spice on the Four Roses neck tag and think like, all right, this is going to be spicy. This is going to be hot. This isn't smooth, which is I know is what a lot of people look for. This is um, kind of a, a response to that, that it doesn't, necessarily have to be sharp or astringent that spice can be in integrated in a really balanced nuanced way this is like a, a bourbon too that gives you pause i feel like you pause to like sip and reflect on this i put just a little bit of water in it to try to see if i could get past the spice because there's definitely a lot of spice there mm -hmm. i get a little bit of cocoa like the spice gets toned down a little bit with a couple drops of water and there's that nice 
kind of cocoa malt sweetness, I think. And you still get the spice, obviously, but uh, it helps me get past that a little bit. So if you do want to get a little deeper past, the, the spice is delightful. If you want to get a little deeper, a couple drops of water will get you there. And I think there's probably another note or two that I'm just not getting yet, but there's definitely, I think, a hint of that cocoa in there. I think cocoa is a, a good note. This kind of reminds me of like a Mexican hot chocolate, mm. like when you have something with That's some, note, some yeah. peppers or something spicy added to it, and it's like chocolate, sweet, but not that Swiss Miss high end of sweet, like a balanced sweet with that spice coming in on, on the back end. I do notice that Four Roses single barrels, like the single barrel picks at cast strength. Do you sometimes drink a little hot right right as you open the bottle? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a drop or two of water could really open up some notes so you're not just getting so, so much of the splash of alcohol. Absolutely. Good stuff, though. Yeah. So n- next up, and really remember that, by the way, that taste, because we're going to want to compare these later, so I'm very excited to get all the differences. Next up, we've got the OBSO. So the O yeast is the rich fruit yeast. So theoretically, we should get a little more uh, rich fruit. We'll see. We'll see, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll be the though. judge of that. Uh, this one is uh, aged eight years and nine months. So a little younger than the last one. Another uh, Vinny's Beverage Depot pick coming in at 110 proof. So. Is this also one from 2019, or do we know anything about that? I think it's a little later. I want to say 2020, 2021. Uh, this was bottled in 2019. Okay, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Another pre-pandemic bottle? Yep. Oh, man, the pre-pandemic bottles. It's a thing. If you know, you know. Oh, God. You're getting a nose job. Ooh. Oh, man, I need to get back. Hang on. I'm having a hard time. I really am. It's light. It's almost like marshmallowy or something. But candy, like a. No, stick with your marshmallow note. I kind of like that. I get a little bit more ethanol pronounced here. I mean, we are I, jumping well, up a we, touch and yeah, move. Yeah, I, I definitely get that too. I'm trying to get past that. Yeah. Because um, I, 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 I was worried. Right. I was just. Cause sometimes you drink out of a Glencairn and it's like, oh man, there's a lot of ethanol. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I down. put my nose too far into it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's on me. So I was worried that maybe that was just me, like not smelling it correctly, and just gonna really ease into it. Stockholm syndrome. What I get with O's, especially O B S O's, like like this one, is kind of that fruit by the foot fruitiness. No, oh, sure. Um, like an artificial strawberry. Oh my berry, god! I was just about to say something like that. That's exactly Pop, what ar- that Pop-tarts. is: is artificial strawberry or pop tarts. Yep. I was gonna say like a roasted fruit, but I'm really just trying to get to. It doesn't taste like, or it doesn't smell like a real fruit. It's something else. Like a Gushers? That's what I'm getting. I just decided. Another great candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all cousins. Yeah, that, a little bit of that artificial fruit flavor. Not in a bad way, though, necessarily. Just, mm. it's, you know, it's a very different kind mm-hmm. of flavor. Maybe like a Skittle that's been sitting out on a hot day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's so good. Like on a dashboard of an SUV after soccer practice? Exactly. No. So, sorry. Right off the bat, I get a lot more complexity on this palette. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm getting like, this is really tropical for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like fruit punch. Mm. Like pineapple-y, but also like a little bit of that red, whatever that tastes that like. That red number five, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, red berry. It's not like citrusy tropically, it's definitely like, pineapple's not sort of right? Okay, yeah. But maybe that's like a little cherry and pineapple yeah, or something. Like passion fruit. Mm. Total passion fruit. Something like that. 
I don't even know if I know what passion fruit smells like, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I know that I this can is that. Buy into it, yeah. At eight year nine months, have you seen a single barrel younger than that from Four Roses, like as part of the barrel pr- program? That's definitely on the younger edge. I think there might have been an OBSK run a year or two ago that maybe was like eight years, seven months, but that's, that's really at the, at the bottom of what I've seen them release in recent years. I respect that. And I feel like a lot of, you know, your snobby people that are all like, give me the oldest one you have. Like, this is really good. So good for yeah. where it's at. Like they pick this barrel at the right time. Absolutely. I love this bottle actually. Cause I was going to say on the, on the end of it, I'm getting almost like a niece or something like a little bit, like really not sweet, like in a really nice and, and complex way. And like this is, I mean, my favorite of the two we've had so far. I'm getting a note on the finish after examining this for a while. I'm trying to figure out what it is, though. It almost felt like a smokiness to it, but I know that's not it. Maybe a leather, like an earthiness, perhaps. I'm really digging into it. That's where I'm getting that like aromatic spice. Like, I tend to not find leather as a note, but I can see where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. So part of that might come... And forgive me if I'm introducing this into the conversation too early. The fact that this is a tier one. Um, so what does that mean, Kuba? Well, let me tell it's you, so Parker. Uh, hey, I don't know. Okay. So Four Roses ages in single story warehouses, and they have um, six tiers that they're they're aging barrels on, as opposed to a distillery like Beam that has warehouses that are are stories high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very small degree of variability. That, that exists in a Four Roses warehouse. Generally, what I've found and I've heard other people speak to is that the closer to the ground it is, the more you get some of that that earthiness. Whether that's true or that's just association, that is generally what I, what I find. Uh, as opposed to the higher tiers where you're exposed to higher temperature and, and more extreme degrees of fluctuation where you get um, higher proofs and, and more extreme flavors, you're getting a, a little bit away from that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very cool. I don't know. Wait, so John's skeptical. Well, I I just didn't. I mean, mm. I got that on the finish, but um, I'm no Foros's expert by any means. But I did want to ask you this. So it's not climate controlled, right? It's all correct. They are not climate controlled. Yep. That Kentucky heat is putting that bourbon in the barrel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like you know, climate because it's one one story is not as big a variation as I guess Beam and others that are like several stories tall. Yep. Interesting. Though though it is interesting to see, I think it does have a more dramatic effect than people realize because the barrel entry proof is 120 Mm. and ones that are at the lower tier are typically coming out at like 108, 110. I've seen like one or two rare examples that are coming in under 100 proof. Wow. That's really rare. But, But they're at the 105 to 110 area as opposed to those who are, the barrels that are aged at the top tier, tier six, um, those tend to be around even above 125. So you're seeing like evaporation going on there, leaving yes. the alcohol behind. And then what's happening on the lower ones then? Like, why is that, why is, why is the proof diminishing there? I studied history, yeah. so I'm not qualified <laughs> to say, yeah. well, speak to I, the science. I, I took chemistry in 11th grade, so let me answer your question, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took it in 10th grade and it was not, no, yeah, it was 11th to also. Mr. Holt, God bless him. Shout out. Yeah, it's a shout out to Ken Holt. We'll just chalk it up to the art of aging bourbon. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That magic. 
So next up, we've got the OBSF expression. That is a, the F yeast, which is his herbal notes. This one comes in at uh, 10 years, one month. Another uh, Minnie's Beverage Depot pick. 112 proof. So we're climbing the ladder proof-wise. What do you get on that? Oh, sorry, you didn't get a chance to sniff. How does I get less acetone on this one? A little more... Uh, less what? Acetone. Oh, acetone. Uh, yeah, no, it's really mellow. And almost, I mean, really, they say herbal notes, and I get kind of a tea, kind of, almost like a little sweet tea. Little, tea with honey. little tea with honey. I would put this more as like a chamomile as opposed mm -hmm. to an Earl Grey, personally. Yeah, I don't get Earl, I don't get no. Earl Grey in this one. The chain pad. Um, again, the favorite uh, tea of my favorite Starship Captain. But uh, Captain Dandy? Who was that again? Oh, my God. Randy Dandy? Stop it, John. Just stop it right now. You're embarrassing yourself in front of everybody. Well, just want listeners to listen to our Four Roses 101 episode. They should. They should. It's a great episode. Koopa, from your experience, are the F recipes, like from what I've seen, there's some of the more polarizing, where some people just don't like them. They're a little bit different. Maybe uh, just a little bit of a unique profile that doesn't jive for everyone. Yeah. Um, if you listen back to uh, to our last episode on the intro to Four Roses, where we we talked through the various blends and the um, standard offerings, uh, the small batch select includes that F, and it kind of changes the profile significantly to be much more earthy, tobacco focused. Um, the F usually brings more of that herbalness, whether it's in the form of mint, maybe some sometimes something like a dill or or other kind of kitchen um, spices to the table, which can sometimes work really, really well. Um, it's not always super pronounced. Sometimes it's very subtle, and that works really nicely too. Um, but it does tend to be a more polarizing yeast because not everybody likes that green herbaceousness as much. This is the first one we've tried. That really, I got that Kentucky hug on. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was a long finish. I, it almost tasted like a little robitussin -y to me, like cherry um, robitussin. And not in a bad, bad way, but definitely not. I mean, I don't think I could drink a full glass of this and really love it. But maybe. Maybe I should try it. But I do agree with you. I get a little of that cherry on there. Yeah. I think the first time I started to dabble in these single barrels, I didn't like the F recipes. And maybe it was... A barrel that wasn't very good. Maybe I just wasn't ready for it. But I, John, I'm trying to tell you, I don't think you're ready for it. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, the thing is, I like everything about it, but the tail end of the finish makes me want to go back to like either this or something else because it's just, that's where I'm, it's like lingering. I think the F recipe, it it's intended to be its own thing. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it stands out from the rest of the lineup. It's in, intentionally supposed to have some. Mm -hmm character to it that's a little bit different and just by the nature of that like it's not going to always be for everyone maybe every pick every single barrel isn't going to be a winner but it's it's definitely going to provide some level of experience i mean and i i like that i like having things that are off profile i like to be surprised and you know what to be clear now i, I took a second step and i really do like that like it is different you're ready now i am yeah it took two steps that's all it was no, it was really good. Yeah, to, to, to Todd's point, like so much of bourbon is so similar, right? You're, you're so used to caramel, vanilla, oak, that even though it might not be as immediately pleasing to the palate, there is something to be said about someone producing and letting you taste and enjoy something different. Really, yeah. You can't, I think the more you, you get into bourbon, the more you value that. Really. Yeah. 
put a drop of water in here too, just to just to see. After my first couple tastes of it, a lot of that aromatic spice. Mm. Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit of mint, maybe a little licorice, something like that. A hint of that herbal tea. Not Earl Grey, though. I agree, but uh, there's something. There's a nice complexity to that. Yeah, it's definitely. They're not kidding about the herbal notes because it's there. I was excited to bring this one. I opened it, I think, about a month ago, maybe when we scheduled this. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, like, how do we fill in all the recipes between Kuba and I? And I, upon my first sip, I was like, whoa, very herbal, like maybe more herbal than any of the F recipes I've had before, which I was excited about because, mm-hmm. you know, something different. So this is really interesting to me because I, I don't think I, I never knew, like, what the the naming convention was behind four roses. And I've always tended to like most four roses um, that I tasted in general, but it's really interesting right now because now that I'm aware of like what it is that I'm kind of looking for, like what notes I'm looking for, I feel like I'm confirming my ability to find tasting notes. If that (laughs) makes some sense, because like as somebody who hasn't been doing it quite as long as these guys, I feel like, this is an interesting way to kind of learn how to taste it if you are somebody who is newer coming into bourbon and you don't know how to find those flavors. If you at least like know like what direction you're looking for, that kind of might help you to understand what it is you're going for. But, I mean, it's a small investment, but for $1,000, you could really figure out the taste. There. <laughs> I did that math when I was first buying these, and I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have all 10 recipes, but man... <laughs> really and that was when the bottles were like 60 at the time Enter Cuba. yeah <laughs> it's like i don't know if i want to spend 600 dollars plus tax on... and some are like really hard to find too so maybe you're not yeah. buying them at retail the o recipes are released uh the least often mm-hmm. and then i don't know what what what's next is there even a next k was really hunted for a while and then they they kind of started introdu- introducing that more to the to the barrel program i'd say like v's tend to be most common especially obs v's F's and Q's are more common because they hang around a lot because they, they are more polarizing. Mm. K's and O's tend to be the harder ones to come by. Now, I am excited, though, because Q is the next one. And I actually, that's the one that I actually have. And I really like it a lot. So I'm interested to see if this is. So as, as John said, uh, next up is OBSQ. And Q is the floral essence yeast strain. So we'll see if we get more fl- a floral note. This particular bottle was aged 11 years. Another uh, Vinny's pick. Which the last one was too. I don't know if we mm-hmm. said that. Mm-hmm. We did. We did. Okay, sorry. Um, coming, this one's coming in at 119 proof. So we're again moving up the proof ladder. So we get in the nose right off the bat. Watch John uh, like smell his armpit. Make sure he was... Uh, no, it's my elbow. It's to try to reset my nose because I was getting something very similar to the last nose, but I just think that it kind of does have like a little like marshmallowy, creamy, very lovely nose. Yeah, I was going to say a, a, a creaminess to this one too. Um, what I typically get with, with OBSQs in particular is like a lavender note. Mm. And again, I don't know if that's the power of suggestion or something I get consistently, but um, I chose this one in particular because I, I felt it demonstrated that in a really nice way. That there, that, that floral essence comes through. I feel like a rose note on it personally, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely, definitely floral, but not a fresh rose. Like, are we maybe... talking about like a red rose or a yellow rose? Yellow rose for you, buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. of Texas. <laughs> so we get on the palate. 
you definitely get that higher proof like Ooh. that that ethanol kind of bursts through at first and and dominates the Honestly, palate. I I really like that. Yeah. I I don't get anything really ethanol related. I mean, I get that you can taste it um and it's like a lot of flavor and um maybe Kentucky hug and stuff, but my first sip of that I I didn't pick up an ethanol note at all. I get I get a buttery note on this. Mm -hmm. Very much so. I could see that. A little bit of water made a big difference for me on this mm -hmm. one. I'll have to try some of that. Yeah, this one for me is just all lavender, potpourri, paired with... I definitely get that potpourri, too. Whip, whipped cream and um, a bit of, like, black pepper spice. I get a little dry oak on the, the finish, more so than everything else we've tasted so far. Yeah, I gotta go with um, everything that Kuba said, and I'm gonna taste again for the oak that you said. Wow, that is really spot on between, like, the floral notes and then... Um, and it is still a little creamy on the like the palate. The nose comes through on the palate a little bit. I've never had a heavily oaky Four Roses mm. where I've been like, "Wow, I think they might have over oaked this." Like I've had with some Heaven Hill brands or uh, Old Forester Cam Kentucky, where it's like, "Man, lots of oak at this fourteen year mark." And I find that interesting. Even the Four Roses uh, that twenty year single barrel that came out within the last twelve months. Even at 20 years, I expected so much more oak on that. And it's just rich, so complex. Um, the oak doesn't dominate. I don't know what they're doing to calm that oak from not peeking through and taking over. It's a great point. Yeah. I, I don't think I've had an over-oaked Four Roses either. I've had that, yeah, with MGP, which similarly, you know, high, high rye and um, from some anecdotal pieces that I've heard there's some similarities with the with the yeast strain there between the OBS V or or the V yeast strain from that Four Roses uses and the yeast strain that MGP uses, but MGP can get over oaked so quickly, especially around that 11, 12 year mark, uh, and and past that. And, and Four Roses, I just never get that. Whether that's because they're not putting those out into the program for people to experience, or it just doesn't happen to them, but either way, it is impressive. It seems like it, it's at least two things that could explain that. One is the height of the, uh, the storage, mm -hmm. and also the other is, yeah, not being willing to put it into the program. I wanted to say that I really like that four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's funny. It's that I really liked it a lot, but I'm still stuck with how much I like that OBS out, and I hate that it's less available. Oh, good stuff. So last up, we've got the OBSV. Which feels right, because mm -hmm. that's the flagship recipe. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. It's a nice way to finish And we chose this one because of the proof, though, right? Uh, yes, yes, we did. This is the uh, the VU strain, which is the delicate fruit. This particular bottle is aged nine years, four months. As we said, the same recipe used in their normal single barrel. Uh, this comes in at 121 proof. And this is our kind of loan to center as far as where the pick came from. Uh, this is a DFW whiskey pick. Is that Dallas Fort Worth? Correct. Yep. Whiskey group. Cheers to them. We gotta add them or something. You know, only if we knew somebody in that group. <laughs> Ken. So, what do you guys get on the nose? Oh, this smells. This smells like perfume. This smells so different from everything we've just had. It smells elegant. I mean, I hate that that's not really like a a, a smell, but like it really. I get a little lemon on the nose. 
Yeah. It's like some light tropical fruit, but I think lemon. Maybe a little apricot? Yeah. It's funny. Uh, uh, Producer Jenny just wrote down next to me that she was getting apricot. So great minds think alike. Bingo. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I'm getting almost like a little hairspray. Like, I know that people don't like that smell, but if you're like Charlie Day, you love huffing hairspray. So it's, it's like Aquanet hairspray. Yeah. Subtle, but yeah. it's there. Yeah, it's not overpowering by any means. It's there. <laughs> That's why I was like, it's elegant. And I was like, but it's not elegant like in a, you know, strong perfume way. So it smells like a woman's bathroom. We've got you know, hairspray, perfume. Yeah. No, no, no. Like less perfume, more hairspray. I don't know. And now that you guys said apricot, though, I'm like, yeah, I get that too. Honestly, a fairly subtle palette compared to the other ones. Doesn't taste 121. No. Oh, wow, that is really tasty. Yeah. That, we're back to fruity for me. I'm getting a little pineapple. No, I'm definitely getting a like, tropical fruit note. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, tropical. Salted caramel. I can see that. Coop, what do you think? I get more cherry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that, that rice spice and that heat definitely comes comes on the back end, too. Yeah, it's I'm, like right there. I'm feeling yeah. it. That, that. Another example of the Kentucky hug. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that spice lingers on, on the tongue, for yeah, sure. We're, uh, we're living that life right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, a clear testament, I think, to like when you've had something really good is that people so are kind of speechless, too. And I know what Parker's going to ask. He's going to say, which one did you like the best? And I don't know that I've had such a hard question in a while. I don't know if I have a clear winner. Don't, don't, the, put, don't you put me in that spot, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> the salted caramel is more on the front end of this one. The back is just is heat. So like once it hits the back of your throat, it's heat for me. I haven't gotten the heat. You guys mentioned that. And I'm thinking like... Yeah, Kuba said it. No, try it again. And then you tell yeah, me there's not a bunch of rye spice in the back end. No, I definitely... definitely it's a rye spice. No, I'm getting mint and like rye spice definitely, but not heat. Well, you know what? All right. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I just tasted it. But it's like such a good heat that like I don't even associate it with like heat. It's just like drinking really fun and good bourbon. Yeah. That kind of, like, cause, you know, sometimes if you drink uh, a spirit and it doesn't taste like any spirit like doesn't have any oomph to it then it just feels like mm, you know the sound that pac-man makes when he gets eaten by a ghost that's not a great example of it but like nailed it yeah insert sound effect later jenny <laughs> if you don't mind please but this is like the opposite of that this is like a, a triumph at the end of the finish is there is there anything people want to taste a second time just to help make up your mind Oh man! Mix them all together and make uh, four rows of yellow. Label. People no. people love doing that. They like to what? try to mi- uh, mimic the limited edition small batches, and which I think are harder because they've gotten so much older. But yeah, they're not trying to do like the yellow label though. They're like proofing it down and stuff. No, nobody's that trying be, to. Yeah, oh, I replicated this twenty dollar <laughs> bottle by using, using a bunch of five dollar bottles. I did throw a drop of water in that for a second, and. Uh, my takeaway was I, it helped kind of get past the spice a little again. I got some, uh, more like a burnt brown sugar kind of thing. With, if you add a drop of water, mm. which I wasn't upset about. That was fantastic. 
Would you say that in general, none of these were on the sweet side? No, I, I would say that the the one that I liked the most, the um, OBSO, was a little sweet. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like dessert sweet. It was more like fruity sweet. Yeah, but I mean, you would expect these to be the non-sweet ones. Yeah. The, uh, the other five use the higher corn mash bill, which theoretically should be sweeter. Yeah, like these were like sweet True. in the way Good that point. like rye you know, often is kind of like a little like lighter minty. But delightful. Delightful across the board. The big question. We're going to start with John. God damn it. What was your favorite? Uh, what well, was OBSO? But that's not just because of taste, because I liked the taste of each of them in different ways. Even the OBSF, which I was uh, slow to warm up to. OBSO I liked a lot because, one, it, just subjectively, I enjoyed that like tropical... I, I love the tropics. I like you know, flowery shirts and mm -hmm. the taste of the tropics. But also, it's eight years. Like That's, that's incredible. It's a phenomenal bourbon at only eight years old. It really is a testament to making good whiskey when you can drop an eight-year-old single barrel and you're just like, yeah, buy it. It's good. Very cool. Kubo, what do you think? This is this is tough um, because all of them present something unique and different that I think is delicious. I think when it comes to what I would want to sit and enjoy a full glass of, it's a tie for me between the OBSK and the OBSQ. Okay. Okay. Todd, moment of truth. I think the OBSQ is where I'm landing, but it was close. Mm -hmm. there, there wasn't a clear mm -hmm. winner here. Um, I actually also agree with the OBSQ for me, too. I'm surprised nobody said OBSV. I really liked that. That was my second favorite of the five. That was my second favorite, too. I was between O and B. Uh, Producer Jenny also enjoyed it. Jenny and I have very similar tastes. Mm -hmm. So it seems like everybody avoided Amen. the F. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> and our honorable mention, F. Yeah, that was, F was good. But yeah, the Q was my favorite. The V was my second favorite. It was close, but I think the Q... Um, really, really hit a lot of notes. Here's the other thing I want to say in, in defense of F. If you had just had F compared to like other bourbons, we would our minds would be freaking blown on that. It was still so good. We'd be like ten out of ten for uniqueness. Oh god, if like, you slapping a bottle, that bottle fucks on that. I guarantee yeah, it. Well, if we were tasting that compared to it's tough competition. I mean, these are all really good. Every single one of these bottles fucks. I think like they're just incredible I was trying to give away all our stickers i see you john well the thing is kuba's nice bottles like i mean our stickers are beautiful looking i just don't want to like you know i don't have so many stickers <laughs> but what i will say is that you know we we collected these here as a representation of what these mm -hmm. yeast strains can bring to mm -hmm. to this recipe but i wouldn't want people coming away from this saying all right obsq if it's on the shelf that's the one i have to get right sure because yeah. there is so much so many variables and so much variability in each of these that the tasting notes have a degree of accuracy to them. I have found mm. that Q's are floral. I've found that V's are fruity. O's are a different type of fruity. F's are herbal, so mm. on and so forth. But they can be dialed in or out in, mm. in so many different ways. Um, like dialed in across like different single barrels, right? Yeah. Yeah. That it, you, you kind of need to taste a whole bunch of them to figure out what, what, kind of works for you mm -hmm. um which is the great and awesome but also annoying part of this is that as much information that this brand gives you it's still not 
quite enough to capture the mystery that a single barrel can be. Yeah, right? I mean, like it's impossible. It gives you a a guidebook, but um, that's it's not conclusive. But they give so much more than every other distiller. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. Like I, some of the transparency on like the Bardstown, like discoveries and the fusion, where they're breaking out like the percentages and they show you the mash bill that's in the blends. I feel like that is inspired to compete with Four Roses like and their Re- transparency. Remus Repeal Reserve does something similar. Yes. No. Very true. I mean, yeah, this is also like a response to what consumers want, but but Four Roses was doing that well before mm-hmm. I think these others were. Like half a decade, right? Probably before that. Yeah, that's uh, so far as I know, as as long as they've been doing single ba- single barrels, um, whether that's the hundred proof shelf or OBSV or these barrel strength offerings, that information has has always been there. And it's only really recently, within the past 10 years or so, that people have really started to care and figure out what all that, that information means and make sense of it. Very cool. Well, wonderful stuff. Thank you guys so much for providing these uh, bottles for us because what a great experience. At some point in the future, we're going to do the E-Mash Bill, which I'm very excited about. That is the higher corn mash bill. Five, we get five more of these to do at some point, which I know it's it's a burden, but we, we have to do it. Yeah, at some no, point. it's it's responsible. We can't just do half of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, luckily, we do have a mailbag question today, which I'm pretty excited about. And I'm really interested in in Cuba and Todd's take on the question today. So, by the way, this this guy was very excited to email us about this. Marcus from Chicago asks. Uh, what is a good erotic cocktail to order or make for a date? I uh, I think he listened to one of our one or two of our cocktail episodes and with, <laughs> had some strong takeaways from it. What's a good uh, What's a good sexy cocktail, Cuba, to really uh, really get the significant other interested? I mean, first of all, I think the sexiest thing you can do is ask your date for their liquor preference. And catering mm-hmm. around that. Listening sure. is, is always the, the sexiest thing. But when it mm-hmm. comes to mm-hmm. my personal preferences yeah. and presentation, mm-hmm. I will always go for the Sazerac because, sure, you've got your standard combination of ingredients, mm-hmm. but um, you can put a little bit of absinthe in a spray bottle and spray it into the glass and it looks super fancy and, and mm-hmm. makes a cool, cool visual effect um, and has an aromatic element to it that I think is just... A very nice touch if you're trying to impress somebody. Very cool. doesn't hurt that it's high proof, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Todd, what do you think? I'm going to go with Mezcal Espresso Martini. Ooh. Oh, what man. the wow, fuck? That was good. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. I'm, like That yeah. smoke gets buried because that espresso is so strong, but the smoke comes through in the finish and surprises you. Mm-hmm. But you don't even have to like Mezcal to like what's going on with that because it is... It's softened because it gets so dominated by the espresso. Yeah. Now, where do you, where can you order that? I feel like if I went to a bar and ordered that, the bartender would be like, oh, what? You got to come over. Yeah, I was I'll make say, it for you. That was my soft invite over. Yeah. But also, yeah. No, over. bars have it. Do Even it? if it's on the menu, sometimes if they have an espresso machine, they'll make you one. Yeah. I feel like if you go to a good cocktail bar, they can um, accommodate that. Now, Parker, let me ask you, what was mm. the erotic cocktail that you made for Jenny that one producer Jenny over to you? Uh, I believe that was a Maker's Mark on the Rocks. Mm. Was uh, <laughs> was uh, what did it for her? Because I'm the bartender. <clears throat> yeah, she, she, she has, the bar, has the bartending background. Yeah, I should have asked Jenny. Yeah, sorry. Though I do make a, a mean painkiller. Is that the one that gets you? 
Yeah, uh, that's a great one. Speaking of things that like have a nice presentation, it's all about the fresh ground nutmeg. So it's, you know, um, you're quoting yourself on this podcast. I am. I am. <laughs> but hey, try it. You tell me it didn't work. Oh, uh, it makes. Yeah, you have no. to have fresh rum, pineapple juice, orange juice, um, cream to coconut, fresh nutmeg on top. Just really gets the uh, gets the night off on the right foot. You stole my heart with those tropical drinks, mm-hmm. you know. Now, uh, no, John. Uh, last but not least, what do you what do you think? I had all this time to think of it, and I thought of nothing because I was so <laughs> impressed with Cuba's and then Todd's and even yours. I'm just, uh, um, yeah. I guess um, um, erotic cocktail, probably Chicago handshake. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The shot of Malort and an old style. There it is. Yeah. What else do you need? Classy guy. Well, yeah. Marcus, I hope that helps. And uh, anyway, this was a fun one, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, please uh, see, hit us up on Instagram, at ChaiSpiritsGuys. Email your great ideas, your mailbag questions. We, we love hearing mailbag questions. To at ChaiSpiritsGuys at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time here at Chai Spirits Guys. Cheers. <laughs>